Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. David is back with me today. He uh, didn't come last week. We had actually uh, had an interview with uh, Bjorn uh, Benson, which, by the way, you guys haven't had a chance to listen to it. It was actually very, very good. I, w- I just checked this morning, and uh, one of the promos that we did for it already had like 1,500 views, and I just did that like two days ago, I think. So it's really, really intense. Um, it's kind of like life in the eyes of an artist, and he's just a young guy, he's 21 years old, and uh, has a lot of intensity in his um, passion for his art. So I definitely recommend you guys check back with the one that we did last week. But uh, today we're gonna go back to um, mostly tech news and updates on a little bit economy, a little bit um, uh, new gadgets and things. So um, with David, which is the topic that we like, and I'm sure David will find a way to sneak in some NBA highlights or news or something because he's such a big fan these days of the bubble. Um, but um, we'll get right to it, and we'll be right back. None of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time. All right, welcome back, uh, David. Let's just get the NBA out of your chest, and you can just be like shaking with shaking. all this, yeah. <laughs> with all these playoffs. It's the first time ever that the number one seed has lost. What did you say yesterday? I forgot. You don't need coffee, dude. It was you're uh, caffeinated enough. At the time of this record, we're recording it on. Well, Thursday. by the way, this is this is Thursday is morning, September third, Thursday morning, right before or the eve of Labor Day weekend. Which again yeah. is one of those weekends that we don't know. Is anybody do. laboring these days? I don't know. I know it's half the country is not even in labor. <laughs> we need anymore, to celebrate so. Labor Day, but actually laboring and not. Uh, it should be everybody goes back to work. That would be a good right. Labor Day. <laughs> Unemployment goes back down. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think we deserve this Labor Day. And anyways, but let's get back to this. Um, so first time, first round there. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the first time that the one seed and two seed in a conference are both down two zero. Uh, that's never happened before. So you're referring to Bucks, the on- Bucks, and the uh, Raptors. The Raptors a little less surprising. I mean, I thought the Raptors Celtics was pretty even. I thought the Raptors were a little bit better. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's you know, the series isn't over. It's two zero, but uh, they play game three later today. So by the time, hey, if the, the Celtics could be up three zero by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, but that one was a little less surprising. I thought it was even. But yeah, the Bucks being down 2-0. I mean, Miami's a good team, but I mean, Giannis just uh, Miami has played phenomenal defense. But at the same time, if you're Giannis, you're back-to-back MVP. If you really are the superstar, you got to just take over a game sometimes. And in game one, he had 18 points. Yesterday, he had more, but. I don't know. Uh, At the end of the day, it's whether you win or lose. It doesn't matter how many points you have. Right. Triple doubles. All that shit doesn't matter if you lose. But it's also just, I'm watching the game and there's like four minutes to go. They were down like nine. And I didn't feel like urgency. Like it didn't feel like, like when, if you're a superstar and your team is down nine and you know, if you lose this game, you're down 2-0 in the series. I would hope that you're like, everybody get the fuck out of my way. I'm scoring. Yeah, I just run into a basket. And he, and especially if anybody can do that, it's him. I mean, he's the most unstoppable fucking guy in the league as far as like driving to the basket. And I didn't see that from him. Um, too much like Bledsoe and other guys on the team like 
trying to drive and make their own plays in, with two minutes to go. Let's let's not do that. Hey, 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 we have the back-to-back -back MVP on our team. Can you give him the fucking ball, please? Instead of Bledsoe driving full court, not passing. There's a reason why the Suns... Uh, never mind. Anyways, I'll move on. I was just going to say, dude. I'm jaded from the Suns, but but listen. listen. I was hoping that we'd get through this segment without speaking about the Suns. The Suns like sucked for a long time, and he was our point guard, and we sucked with him on our team. He's not the reason Milwaukee is good. Okay. All right. Um, so Now, on the other side, <clears throat> yesterday was Game 7, Rockets-Warriors. Uh, Rockets won. Better team won. I don't think the series should have gone 7. All credit goes to Chris Paul, most underrated player in the history of the league. Um, I think he should. I, I really, you know, the problem is he's going to be 36 next year, and I think his championship window is closing. He's not very moving quickly. from Oklahoma, dude. I'm telling you, nobody's. Oh, uh, he might. Salary. It depends what they give up. He's not going to pay. Anyways, salary. different topic. Rockets, Lakers. Who's your Who's just going to win? What's your prediction? <sighs> My prediction is the Lakers. How many games? Probably six, four, two. I don't know. I think the I think the Rockets the, the Rocket somehow always I mean they had such a hard time beating Oklahoma. Yeah, but OKC that it is went a to the last team. last possession but, but, of the seventh game. I yeah, think. but OKC is a good team. People don't understand. They're okay, yeah, Lakers can be a good team too, and they are a good. I team. think OKC is way has way more depth than the Lakers do. Well, Lakers are rested for one, which is good for LeBron That's a and big AD. Factor. These guys have been fighting until the last second they have one day off and then they go back to the playoffs they're gonna definitely lose the first maybe the first couple of games and then it's over and and the rockets have a reputation for i just choking. think the, the lakers rely so much on their centers and those guys aren't going to be able to play like dwight howard and javel mcgee those guys aren't going to be able to play against the rockets they've played so it's going to be Force. the whole series is going to be on anthony davis's shoulders and obviously lebron yeah but lebron in this particular series, because the Rockets don't play a center, the, the, the Rockets have great perimeter defense, so they're going to be able to guard LeBron pretty well, but they don't have a center. So it's really just going to be Anthony Davis is just going to have to score a ton of points. Yeah, well, yeah. The only thing to do is just let um, Russell Westbrook take threes, and then it's like break after break after break, and then they just lose our turnovers. But he doesn't take threes anymore. Oof. Yeah, at least he does. Which is the bad thing. So no, I mean he doesn't. That's the whole thing. That's why he got so much better. All right. So uh, basketball time is over. Um, I can see you're very into the basketball. Yeah. Topic. Well, I mean, I wanted to do a little intro, but this is not a sports All podcast. Right. So right. how do I say wait to the next section? I'll remind you next time you talk for ten minutes about F one, and I'm falling asleep. F one is is basically has a wild card. I'm gonna I can talk about next F1. time we talk about F one. I think I might just grab a pillow and take a okay, nap. Okay. Well, grab a pillow. Actually, F one this weekend is racing at. Um, spa. No, that was last weekend. I don't know. They're Monza. Kidding. I was gonna say probably Italy now. Italy, Monza, and that's Ferrari's home team, home home court. And um, amazingly, Ferrari sucks this year. I mean, they really, really suck. So, <laughs> okay. All right, that's it for F1. Um, don't miss it. Six o'clock in the morning Pacific Here's time. Here's my crazy prediction: Hamilton's gonna win. I know. I'm a fortune. Teller, I can see the future. Yeah, he has a chance. And uh, Bottas will probably be second or third, and then Max Verstappen. And Hamilton is going to win the Somehow we'll again. figure out a way to kind of fight with them between. All right. Um, all right, so let's get going with our real topics. Okay. I'm going to have to edit this out. What is it? Uh, minute number or whatever. Is it even recording? Yeah, we've been recording all this time. We're professionals. Well, I hope so, because I didn't want to have to talk about F1 again if no. we didn't record. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's get started. Let's, start, let's go with TikTok, actually. TikTok is being in the news, in, including our news for the last, um, 
I think almost three, four weeks now. I don't know since they uh, since the President Trump yeah, said that it was about a month ago. I think he going to ban it, and then Microsoft started trying to, you know, getting in the hunt to buy it for like twenty between twenty thirty billion, and then. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, it was with Microsoft. Yeah, it was last week. Microsoft and Walmart. Um, yeah, that's. I don't understand Walmart. that part. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is Walmart doing with TikTok? But anyways, that kind of uh, made the the push a little more um, relevant, like it was going to happen. And then there was this other competitor of TikTok that they said that might be also yeah, buying Triller. it. Triller. But Triller it doesn't have the money. They have right, to, you they said were it was partnering with some firm. kind of uh, private equity or something, or yeah. some investment firm. But then they denied it. Then they said, no, we're not in the hunt. We're not interested. Yeah. But then lately, lately, actually, in the last uh, couple of days, China has said that they will probably not allow the sale, which is putting a little more of a, of a hurdle so. there. It's part of the trade war between us yeah. and China. And uh, they, they, basically, China considers that could be a, a matter of uh, national security, you know, selling technology to... Uh, to the U.S. and all that stuff, so yeah. they say that they will treat it as any other. Tech. That's a, that's nice, huh? They're worried about yeah, us exactly. stealing technology. Well, from well, them. that's the that's the irony of the situation that they they were denying, saying, "Oh no, no, we don't take um, we don't take um, personal data or anything from the U.S. consumers when they do it because it's basically by the Chinese Communist, Not just that. Communist Party." Worried about U.S. taking technology from them. All the technology they have was invented in the U.S. Well, and just copied I, yeah, by that's them. That's a whole different discussion. But the thing is that they they were denying, obviously, they say, no, no, we don't take all these um, Americans' data or anything for any type of research. But now they're saying that, okay, this is national security, it's Chinese technology that we don't want to pass on to the U.S. So I, I think it's just a lot of uh, bluff. It's a bunch but, uh, of bullshit. I mean, it, TikTok it is. is a, a bunch, bunch of algorithms. BS, but it's the bottom line like, is that TikTok is definitely... I mean, Trump hasn't backed out of saying that it's going to be basically banned in the U.S. So um, TikTokers, if that is a profession these days. Well, on um, top of all of that, the CEO resigned. Yeah. The, oh, new, yeah. the guy who is the head of Disney streaming who went there two months he ago. He basically said. He already quit. Yeah, he quit. And he said, I didn't sign up for this shit. Yeah. Pretty much. And then he quit. So now they're CEO less. And, uh, and then obviously, depending on who ends up buying it or not buying it, we'll name another CEO. Um, but well, there was a rumor that Disney <clears throat> might buy too, and it was like, okay, well, obviously he used to work at Disney, so he has direct connections, and he could probably broker a deal. But now that he's gone, I definitely don't think Disney's buying. Yeah, I don't know. But in the meantime, I mean, you said the other day, did you say that that no, it wasn't TikTok, it was an Instagram account that somebody uh, bought out. Um, it was an Instagram account, right? That it was an um, influencer account or something. That it oh, was there was a company. Yeah, a, there's a media company that makes Instagram um, pages, basically mm -hmm. uh, meme pages and other pages, um, and they, it was like I think they own like six pretty large pages. Large by like what numbers? Like millions of followers. The largest okay. I think was 15 or 16 million followers, but the other ones had millions too. Um, IMGN was the name of the company. Okay. Imagine Media, IMGN. Right, right. And uh, they got acquired for $85 million. That's an interesting business model. All I, they I have is Instagram pages. That's that's their whole thing is they have Instagram pages. And right, they got but, acquired for $85 million. But the business million. model, and I'm not super familiar with it, so I'm going to probably have you clarify it a little bit. But um, So the business model is they create an uh, Instagram page with whatever content, curated content, maybe memes or, or whatever. Curated, yeah. Right. And then they build it up to millions of followers and then the goal of that is to eventually sell it to another company 
that sell will, it or use it themselves. In this case, they got such a good offer, they sold it. But so they, they sell just, it for the purpose of uh, obviously make money, obviously because they made a bunch of money. But the buyer buys it with the purpose of advertising. Basically, they already have the audience, and so now they can advertise to the audience. Right. They, and, but they don't, change, said the, they don't that, change the content, obviously. Because ima that's what imagine said that their their Instagram accounts get about three billion um, impressions a month combined. Yeah. On their on their main accounts, so that basically is what the company is buying. They're buying three billion impressions a month, and they valued it at that's thirty six billion impressions a year. They valued it at eighty five million. So they obviously think, hey, and this is worldwide impressions and selling, everything. And yeah, they, whether they're selling ads or selling our own products directly through these Instagram accounts, we're gonna be able to obviously make that eighty five million back and more. Sure. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, it's it's really just, just a modern version of any like, oh, some television station got acquired, right? It's just a right. modern version of that. I'm just gonna wonder how long it takes these companies to build that kind of audience. Oh, fuck, a long time. I know. I, I know. Mean, it's not like uh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, to build it's not like 16 it's, million followers on a page takes years. Right. So it's not like somebody says, oh, I'm going to start my page and then start collecting, reposting things that are cool or no, whatever. No, the thing that that works well that a lot of these companies, because this is one company, there's other companies that do this too. The thing that they do that is very smart, that works well, is once you have one or two pages that are big, it's much easier to get other pages that are big. Because basically, if you have, let's say at a smaller scale, let's say I have two pages with a million Instagram followers on each, then when I wanna launch a new one, I'm not really starting from scratch, I can cross promote them. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they do. Right. And so they're able to get a new account from zero to a million followers in a few months, when if you try to do that organically, good fucking luck, you know? Yeah, yeah, so that's the network effect that it gives you of you can cross promote all these things right. across your media. Right. But All right. So it's um, just modern media. Like, I think this is going to make people take um, these types of things more seriously. Like, I, I would well, uh, already advertising agencies. Like, I think it. the next thing that's going to happen for much more money is there's going to be probably a YouTuber who gets acquired. Um, well, the TikTokers we're talking about, some of them have a huge audience, and, and if that doesn't break, you know, in the U.S., they will basically eventually become the next uh, influencers more than influencers. Oh, they already are. Or I know not they the are. Next, they I know are. they are. I'm not sure how much they're monetizing, though, on, on oh, TikTok. Oh, fuck ton. Oh, my God. They are? The oh, big are ones? you kidding me? All more, the, more than Instagram? Yeah, all the big TikTokers launched their own beauty lines already, apparel lines. Oh, yeah. But, okay. Oh, I yeah. thought I thought the TikTok audience, not audience, but the TikTokers or whatever influencers were actually a very young demographic group. Some yeah, I mean they're mostly I mean, like teenager type, sixteen to like early twenties is the right. age of most of them. So who who do they do it themselves? So do they have agents that is, oh, I'm, I'm sure they work with business managers and okay. stuff. But yeah, I mean most of them are already working with like one of them, um, like the big ones. So Charlie D'Amelio is the biggest. Mm -hmm. um, she's a teenager. She's like 16, 15, 16 or something. Um, but she uh, partnered with, I think it was Morphe, was it? Um, which is a major makeup company. Um, and she has her own line now. Mm -hmm. um, she also partnered with, um, I think it was Abercrombie or one of these companies. Um, and she's like, does a whole campaign with them now, like for jeans. Um, and I think she's selling her own products too. 
Um, another one, Addison Ray is the second largest. She launched her own beauty company called Item Beauty. Um, it's like her whole, whole own mm-hmm. makeup line. She also is the official face of American Apparel now. So if you go to any American Apparel store, she's like in all of their stores now. Right. These, they're making money. I mean, they're making so, money. Like, so and it, it translates because let's no. put it this way. Addison Ray, yeah, she has a 60 million followers on TikTok now. But she has 25 million followers on Instagram now. So it translates. Like, it's not like she only has followers on TikTok. No, obviously, they, they cross platform. But uh, what happens if they, uh, if TikTok... Well, she has 25 million followers on Instagram, so she's So fine. she's going to say, just go over to Instagram. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll see what happens with TikTok. But um, yeah, that's kind of a, a delicate situation. But anyways, uh, speaking of sales... Like, I think uh, of all the ones I've... Like, like if you told me that... that a few years from now that Addison Ray's companies were making a hundred million dollars a year, I wouldn't be surprised at all. No, yeah, I wouldn't And either. that's, but this is like, but, but it's kind of interesting. This is a person how, who nobody knew who she was a year ago and now she's worth easily a hundred million already. That's right. the, the crazy rate of growth that but do you see? Do you see TikTok days. as becoming an advertiser or a major medium for not just the like uh, makeup lines, cosmetics, fashion, things like that that are more related to younger everything. demographics. But I think it's everything. But I, just, I think TikTok is going to probably be bigger than Instagram. Uh, yes, but do you see traditional advertisers like the major, um, I don't know, e- even uh, banks, hotels, whatever, going to TikTok? Yeah, they're already there. there. They're already there. There's tons of big companies already advertising. Oh, another one, Dunkin' Donuts partnered with Charlie D'Amelio. And she's like, because she always, this is like an organic thing where I guess she was always like drinking Dunkin' Donuts in like a lot of her videos, like coffee. Mm. And now they partnered with her. Um, and she's like a major. Oh, I was drinking Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. I haven't seen a call from anybody there. Give us a call. Oh, we're going to talk about Starbucks too. Do I need to do a dance? Uh, yeah. Is that what I need? No, but seriously, I mean. No, yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. It, they're it, already it's there. just that. Uh, and it doesn't matter. Who cares about old brands? Like if old brands don't want to do it, the no, new no. brands are going to eat their lunch. Well, yeah, obviously. It's just the demographic. It's who, it's who uh, but, but it's a disconnect that exists between the older brands that are still thinking about putting a fucking print ad on a magazine yeah, or something that nobody them. reads. Who cares? No, I understand. At some point, they realize, well, people's eyeballs are no longer in magazines that not even in doctor's offices. Now you go to a fucking old the, magazines it's good housekeeping shit and then you know everybody's on their phones plus so. <laughs> what all these big creators are realizing is they don't need advertisers they say I'm gonna make my own products right fuck you advertisers and I'm gonna make all the money well I mean I think I think that's the probably the reason why uh, Instagram also launched uh, Reels because I think the timing was right whether whether the app uh, it was lucky be, timing they had no idea that TikTok was going to be banned. Well, yeah, it was lucky. It was already it, but it in was, the works for it was, months. It, it was in the works. Now, they launched, maybe they they moved it up a little bit, thinking, okay, well, all these TikTok people that are kind of on the, on the fence or knowing if they're no, going to be canceled. No, it was actually coincidence. Well, they were planning it for that launch, and like the same week, um, Trump said that. It wasn't like a... Okay, well, either thing. way, either way, even if it was coincidence and they got lucky, which is not uh, unusual... Um, that would be a backup plan for the TikToker saying, okay, well, I'm already on Instagram so. and I can do Reels. I don't think Reels is going to replace Instagram, well, TikTok. I think even if TikTok gets banned, I think Triller would take its place. Is Tri- that, is Triller that, is already 
um, getting very Where's that from? Where's that up from? Is it American? I believe it's American. It's in India now, after because India did ban TikTok. Triller is now. Well, oh, India has banned like a hundred and something apps from China now. Yeah, but in Triller now is huge in India uh, after TikTok got banned, and all the TikTokers have made Triller accounts now, um, and they're sending people to Triller now too. Um, so I think if TikTok gets banned, Triller will probably be the next TikTok. Hmm. Okay. All right, so let me um, move over to the next topic. There, speaking of branding and advertising, um, there's two DTC companies that you follow that just sold to. Um, but I follow, but I saw that it got sold. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which are which are those? Uh, one was Care of um, Vitamins and Supplements. Mm -hmm. and the other was Liquid IV. Liquid IV, I think most people probably heard of. If you listen to podcasts, they advertise on mm -hmm. lots of podcasts. Um, yeah, they both got acquired this week. Care of was uh, a vitamin company. They got acquired by um, Bayer for two thirty, two hundred thirty million. I think was the price. Okay. Uh, and the the other one, Liquid IV, was undisclosed. I didn't see a price, but it was nine figures at least. Um, so in the hundred million plus range too. Were they both um, U.S. companies? Yeah. And obviously Bayer is Bayer is German. German, but obviously but they sold vitamins and supplements. Right. But, um, yeah, I think this is going to happen a lot more. I just think these legacy brands are looking for growth anywhere they can get it. And now all these smaller and up-and-coming DTC brands. I mean, these are basically both brands that are less than five years old that already had nine-figure exits. Yeah, but is that the main goal? I mean, some of the goals of uh, DTC brands to build to a certain level where they either sure. make the established brands uncomfortable for a certain segment i mean it happened to i mean it's like everything i mean it's like anything um i don't i some people definitely build companies with the intention of selling them other people just want to build big great companies but hey if you get a great offer you take it because because it, it's you know if like i i think these are actually small like mm -hmm. i think we're gonna yeah. see bigger acquisitions yeah. um and i think we're gonna see lots of billion dollar acquisitions of D2C in the next few years because um, they're just eating the big companies lunch. Yeah. Like the big brands don't have the growth anymore. Like even CVS now and Walgreens are both launching um, DTC partnership uh, like programs where mm -hmm. they basically are going to partner with DTC brands and have them in their stores and have them like get exclusive, not even just on the shelf, but like exclusive um, 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 what's displays. it called? Yeah, displays and mm -hmm. I forget the name of it, but basically like like really promote them in partnership because they know yeah, point of that, that that's, that's a, a major growth driver that could be for them. So I think they're just getting started. And I think if you are running a DTC company, the next five years are going to be the golden era. Well, I didn't know about the first one, but Liquid IV, I've heard a lot about them. I mean, they, <clears throat> they advertise in a lot of the podcast yeah. that we listen to. They're so almost obviously. like, honestly, like a healthy Gatorade kind of thing. Now it's a packet that you pour on water, but it's like a healthy Gatorade. Yeah, I, I was it confused. gives you like electrolytes and all this stuff. Um, I've never drank it myself, but yeah, it's like a healthy Gatorade. I was just, have all those when sugar. I first heard about it, I thought it was an IV, like something that you no, I stuck up. Yeah, no, it's not. That's like a vitamin or something. Like but, just, um, a lot of people get IVs for hydration, hydration and electrolytes right. like athletes do. Yeah. And they say like, it's like you drink an IV basically. Right, right. Yeah, I thought it was more like... Um, people infusion, rave by it. Infusion I haven't tried it. People like rave by it. I've heard a lot of people love it. 
Yeah. Uh, like, but I, I, but yeah, it's it's like a healthy Gatorade. They basically said, okay, Gatorade has electrolytes, but it has a million grams of sugar. So, but being DTC, that means that you don't find it in stores, right? I haven't seen that. Um, or were they selling in any stores? I don't know. I'm sure they were. If they hadn't yet, I'm sure it was on the roadmap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if they were already. But yeah, I mean, DTC, the 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 the, the blend. We I say DTC because. I guess the better way of saying it, like a lot of people are saying, is digitally native. Because DTC means you only sell direct to consumer. But the truth is most companies do that in the beginning. But once they get bigger, they definitely go other Yeah, but there's two companies like uh, like the uh, drums and uh, recess and things like that. Companies that we've tested ourselves or used. Yeah, but recess isn't that big yet. I mean, these companies... Um, but they don't sell in stores, as far as I know, unless they have little... Recess, I believe, does. They do? Yeah. Okay. Not nationwide, I don't think. Right. But these are small companies. I mean, they're not that big yet. So if you get much bigger, um, yeah, they would. Like, like you can't be, uh, like, biased with your company. If you have an opportunity to make a ton of money in retail, you should do it. Right. right. And so <clears throat> I think the better way of saying it is digitally native. So these are companies that start digital instead of starting a retail like the traditional method. Uh, but then once they get big enough, because ultimately you can only get so big DTC. It's really hard to become a billion dollar revenue company online. You, it can be done. It's just incredibly rare and difficult. Most companies do it. They start online, but then they grow and sell in stores. And that's how you become a billion dollar company. Um, and at that volume and scale, it's very profitable. The problem with retail is that a small volume, it can be losing money. Right. And also some companies start with a single product and then based on the market right. response. It's, it's all about expansion. Can, right. Right. It's about category expansion, channeled expansion. It's everything. It's, it's no different than, you know, a company like Coca-Cola is really, I mean, they have, think about all of their expansion they own a million different brands they are in every store every restaurant like you want to be everywhere the customer is if you're a if you want to be a hundred billion dollar company like coca-cola it's just that when you start you don't have the resources to do that so you just go direct um so direct is a is a new strategy but it's not the ultimatum basically Mm -hmm. I, i wouldn't recommend any company just stay dtc forever if they have the opportunity to go to retail and make money. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, DTC really is direct to consumer, but at the end of the day, you, you just basically market the consumer wherever they are. You know, It's about leverage. So if you have the leverage to get good deals when you go to retail, then It's just giving the, re- the, the big box retailers a, a, a way to think differently before you had to beg them to give you like a... Right, if, three if you, inches of linear. If you go to shelf. a big box retailer and say we did a hundred million in revenue online last year, direct, they're definitely going to put you in their store. Well, yeah. But if you go there and say we have no revenue, well, they're going to say you, okay, right, fuck off, right. You For know? them, so that's it's the difference. Just, it's leverage. That's the competition exactly. So this telling them, okay, you don't have all the leverage as far as you know going to a Walmart, right. going to any store, supermarkets, whatever, and say I, I want these six inches for my product. Plus, and they can say, hmm, I don't know. D- depending on so, what you're selling, brand affinity matters too. Um, this is something I was talking about the other day with somebody where if you look at retail, like if you're trying to start a luxury brand, being in a retailer where you're on a shelf and next to you is Gucci and your left is Christian Dior, that gives your brand a certain affinity and that has value that it's hard to get online by yourself. Yes, but at the same time, it's putting you into much more competition, you know. 
but you're always in competition. Well, you're in competition, but, but when but people end up when you going have a to, new if, if, when people end up going to your website or to your product website, is there? It, it's your job to capture that audience and yeah, but, to buy. But it's hard to get people there when they have no idea of course, who you are. Th that's what the to get somebody comes. to. People will pay a thousand dollars for a piece for a Gucci dress, uh, and not think twice about it because it's Gucci. But if you're a new brand nobody's ever heard of, to get them to pay a thousand dollars for your dress is very difficult. But if you're on the shelf next to Dior and Gucci, people will say, "Oh, this is a real brand." Right. Yeah. So it brings that brand affinity. That's yes. a real thing. That's the affinity audience part. But uh, at the same time, when you do that again, you you you're having people be it's like it's like putting a commercial or a, on an ad in a magazine in a catalog next to 20 other companies that do the same thing you do so you basically are diluting your effectiveness you need to have something to stand out uh whereas if you sure. are able to capture i'm not audience, saying you don't have something to stand out right but i'm saying if you have a retail opportunity that's lucrative for you and you can get brand affinity on top of that mm -hmm. that's a win-win yes i mean hard. the reason why companies stop being just DTC and go to retail is because there's a shit ton of money to be made in retail. The 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 the, the challenge is I actually think that is changing rapidly. No, I disagree. I think the the hard thing is for retailers is hard. It's hard for retailers to differentiate. But if you're selling in retail and you have a blended approach of DTC and retail, you make a fuck ton of money. The problem is for the retailers. Because it's hard for a Macy's to differentiate from All right, another. So, so you have a brand, and I don't want to expand on this too much, but you have a, a new brand and you decide to, aside from selling online, DTC and so forth, you decide to say, oh, I'm going to open a retail store. First, this location is critical. Whoa, 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 whoa. Two different things. Opening your own retail store or going into a retailer. Okay, which, okay, both things. Um, so both are lucrative, but... So the retail store... So you open a pop-up store somewhere. Let me just finish my thought. Okay, you open pop, it up. Pop-up or permanent? For now, pop-up. You test it and you say, oh. okay, this could work. And then obviously location is critical. You need food traffic just for people to go there. You're yeah. not going to open a store in the middle of nowhere. So you need a, a store in a location where the traffic and the, and the demographic of that traffic matches your audience. Like you said, you're selling a $1,000 bag. You're not going to open a store in the middle of a neighborhood where the income level is not there. No, of course. You know, so obviously then you open the store in a place with a high income level, that means it's high price for that retail space that you're opening there. Right. So that's your pop-up store. You open it for a month, two months, whatever you test it and see if it works. And maybe you decide to open a real store, a physical long-term store somewhere. That's on your own, which is expensive per se. Now, if you go to an existing retailer, let's say that you go to, I don't even know which one because these days they're all fucking going bankrupt. Yeah, I mean, you go to Macy's, you go to Nordstrom. We're which in a one? turbulent time right now. Right, that's what I'm saying. That looking forward into the future, it's going to be very difficult to pick a retailer that is established name, but it's also one that is going to have longevity because right now they're all struggling to stay open themselves with their own existing products. Right, but but if you're if you have a luxury brand and Saks Fifth Avenue comes to you and says we want to put you in our stores uh, and you have a good, you have solid terms on your end and it gives you the opportunity of the brand affinity of being in Saks Fifth Avenue. It gives, it gives a digital brand a certain amount of legitimacy to be in a store like that. Um, and that's the value of it because you're also going to expand and get in and front of people's and faces. And that's where, that's in the shopping mall that is closing? No, but like I said, like, we're in turbulent times for retail, but retail isn't dead. Retail is just transforming. 
Basically, the old retail is dead. Yes, I agree. But the, the, the weak older retailers are dying. But there is going to be new retail that pops up. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think retail is going to die completely. I mean, people like to go to the stores and feel and touch. And it's part of the shopping experience. I mean, buying online, uh, I say it's very effective. But it's not fun. I mean, seriously. Uh, and it doesn't. There's a certain. And you talk about your own store. There is just a, a huge level of legitimacy and um, uh, brand to customer experience that can be created if you have your own store that is impossible online. As much as we, I mean, we make websites, right? That's like a one of the, our staples. And we work our asses off to make as beautiful as experience as possible. There's nothing we can do that will replace a retail experience. If you have if you have a great no, retail experience, no, obviously, yeah. So that is incredibly valuable. You have you have the experience and the convenience, and and it's hard to make those be at the top. When you have a lot of convenience, you sacrifice experience. Basically, so you go online, you need something quickly, have it delivered. That's the convenience. One click, everything is done, seamless. Now you don't have the experience. No, you, you, you want to buy a, a pair of running shoes or whatever type of thing. You go to the store and you see variety and you try them and you feel them and you just the whole experience is different and you can spend a whole morning just shopping and it's kind of fun or whatever versus just going to a computer and say, okay, I want this or that. Now, you may do both. You may go to the store, do all the trying and fitting and all that stuff and then you end up saying, okay, I find them better online and just go home and buy this one, this size that I already tried on and now it fits me. And that's what a lot of people are doing these days. But you always need... But that's a retailer problem. Right. So course. if you have your own store, right? I don't really care if someone buys it in my store or they buy it on my website. Okay, whatever. Right. But if you sell it in... if Yeah, that's why I said the challenge is if you're Macy's, how do you differentiate? Yeah, that's hard. But if you're a DTC brand that has the opportunity to sell on lucrative terms, I would not go into retail on weak terms, right? That's where I think it's well, not but valuable. You make much more profit when you sell direct on your website than when you sell through a Macy's, obviously. Yeah, but if you sell much more volume, it makes yes, up for it. Assuming that, obviously, that's the difference, the volume. It's no different than selling Amazon, which is the complete extreme of, of Amazon taking your profits. You know, it's, it's volume, traffic, um, you know, just, just the amount of people, the exposure that you have when you go to a major online retailer in this case, you know, so the, the, if you go to a Macy's, assuming that it's normal times where people go shopping to a major retail store and then they go to all the different levels and they find the stuff. Yeah, you're going to have my, that kind my of... My point is when you're small D2C and you're starting, D2C is awesome. That's why it's so awesome because it's this new channel that never existed before. But... When you become big and all these DTCs aspire to be the next billion dollar brands, you need to be in retail. You can't build a billion dollar brand online. It's just, it's not going to happen. Like in it's revenue. I mean, it, it's, it, it's incredibly rare. I'm not saying it would never happen, but for every one brand that can do a billion in revenue online with no retail, 999 others are not going to be able to do it. But that's okay. You can, when you're at that size, you can well, be you in mentioned retail this, and make a lot of you money. You mentioned this a long, long time ago about who is the largest DTC retailer, remember? Right, yeah, exactly. I said there, there's there's one that I mentioned, which was Tesla, that I th I don't think people think of Tesla as DTC, exactly. but they are. The other one that I didn't mention that I was thinking about the other day, just because uh, he's been in the news a lot, is Yeezy. 
uh, is also a D to C for the right. most part. And those um, are multi-billion dollar players. Both, I mean, right. obviously Tesla is way off of charts. But at the same time, Yeezy is the, the exception of exceptions, right? And not so, everybody. So is Tesla. Right. Like not everybody is Kanye West. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so right. Kanye can build a billion dollar company selling through his website, but he also partnered with Adidas, by the way, which is a whole like, like he, yes. Did he build a billion dollar company? Mostly DTC? Yes. But he was also already Kanye West and he partnered with Adidas. Right. So if you're starting with neither uh, of those and, things, and, and, and Tesla different. basically did the same thing. And then obviously they're not a dealer, but they don't sell through dealerships, but they sell through their own retail stores right. and you can go there do a test drive in this case and if, then buy. If, my my, my point is, I guess, if you're running a DTC, you need to be channel agnostic. If you have a channel that can drive significant revenue for you while being profitable and provide brand affinity on all these other things, just because it's retail, you should not turn it down. You need to expand as much as you can mm -hmm. if you want to be, if you want to be the next billion dollar DTC exit, I think you're going to have to be in retail. Yeah. That's simple. All right. So let's get a little bit into um, some new uh, product launches that we had or we are going to have in the next few days. Uh, Amazon actually just launched the, uh, their own uh, health band, which is kind of like a Fitbit that I wear. Um, I'm not familiar with the Whoop, uh, which is another one. Um, but it's going to be similar. It's a clone. It's a clone, yeah. Literally, there was a tweet that... One of the product leads on Amazon, I can't believe he tweeted this. He literally tagged Whoop in the yeah, product that launch. That was kind of uh, arrogant, I he think. He tagged Whoop and basically said, without directly saying this, I was on the team assigned to copy Whoop and make our own yeah. version. I right. mean, so Whoop is a very famous um, I don't think health it's band, work. and it's one of the most advanced as far as features and, and information that it gives you about health and all kinds of metrics and everything. It's a subscription service, so Whoop is actually the one that you you receive at no cost, but then you pay an annual or monthly fee for the use. Um, like a Fitbit is different; you actually pay for the for the band itself, depending on which one you get, and then you're good to go unless you get the. Um, the premium version where you get different options and things like that and then you pay extra eight bucks or ten bucks a month for other features and then you have the aura ring and other right we came with the original business model of you get the band for free but you right. pay a monthly subscription so amazon is not going to be free oh uh, yeah it's, it's free too i think uh or maybe free for prime members or something but it's just another way for amazon to get into another level of information from the customer. So not only do they know everything that you buy, shop for, look for, gift, everything, now they're gonna know also your health information. Yeah, but that's if people buy it. Right, exactly, obviously if people buy it. I think, I don't know, I was looking just at the user interface of it, really ugly. It, well, the band itself, I, I haven't seen many pictures. I mean, they have some pictures, but- it, it, Like the app? Oh, the app. Compared to Whoop's app, Whoop, Whoop, I like Whoop. I don't own one. I'm thinking about getting one because I've had an Apple Watch for a long time. You um, still have, right? Do yeah, you? I still have it. I just haven't been wearing it as much these days. But uh, so that's why I didn't get a Whoop. But I might get it. I might try it out. But uh, I well, mean, Whoop just is very advanced. The, the apps, like apps, Whoop's app is beautiful. 
Amazon's looks so ugly. I, I and mean, then on top of probably, that, I mean, they, they, they released usually like screenshots and things like that. So it needs to be seen. But the, the app interface is easy to update. If people don't like it, they will make it up. Cosmetic update. The main thing to me is the features. I mean, what it gives you as far as information. Everybody now has the heart rates and the calories and all that shit and the steps and all that stuff. But there's a lot of other information that is... Like the sleep, for example, is very important and it's not really accurate anywhere. I mean, the Fitbit gives me sleep and sometimes it's okay, but I, sometimes I know it's definitely wrong. Like it tells me, oh, you went to sleep at 11.30. I'm like, yeah, same with the Apple Watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no. Sometimes was, it'll show me like, yeah, like if I, like if I'm kind of, if I wake up like at four or something in the middle of the night and then I'm like tossing and turning and I go back to sleep sometimes it'll be like oh you're up from 4 to 6 a.m. I was like no I wasn't right it, right things like yeah that. it's just kind of hard to, to track what you're doing so I mean you take it well, with a grain of salt the problem with the Apple Watch it doesn't even have like sleep built in I have to have a third-party app mm. that uses the Apple Watch like heart rate and motion sensors I think right um, so it's not perfect whoop just has it built in uh, that's right. the nice thing about Whoop. Yeah, so I mean, they all kind of have different pros and cons. Some, some people say the Aura Ring is the most accurate one. I don't know. I just personally don't like to wear rings. Yeah, I'm not a ring guy. Um, I don't like rings. Just because of all the exercise stuff, I don't. I mean, I don't like to have a ring that is affecting what I do, whatever I'm hanging from a bar and doing monkey shit, you know? Uh, the band, to me, is better. It's like a watch, but I don't know. Anyways, but Amazon is jumping into that, and obviously we know that they were trying to uh, become their own pharmacy too, online pharmacy and all that stuff for all the things for prescription drugs, retailers, so all stuff. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see the market penetration for that. I think it's starting to become a little saturated too in the uh, in the health. Um, I apps. think Amazon is going to get the. Um, I hope it's not like it happened with the Amazon phone, that um, basically. No, I mean Amazon's going to get customers just because uh, when you search fitness band on Amazon now they're yeah. going to be number one. So they're gonna, obviously they have their own distribution built in. Um, so they're going to get sales from that. But I think the premium customer is going to go to like Auras and Whoops and is not going to want to buy from Amazon. Right. So I think the Auras and Whoops are going to stay because they're not cheap. No, and they're Whoop, not. You know, they their base plan is $30 a month. So it's not a cheap band. You can buy uh, like... That's the base. So you pay three hundred and sixty or something a year. Yes. So you have to. You can buy subscriptions. Right. Um, so if you buy eighteen months at a time, I think it's eighteen dollars a month. But it's it's not cheap, right? And uh, I I don't I'm not familiar with the Aura Ring cost, but well, the Aura Ring think, is expensive. Right. So I think those two are going more after the premium uh, person who really cares about their uh, health and wants a more premium product. And Amazon is going for the lower. Yeah. Price the Aura Ring is. Uh, the entry level is ex more expensive. I mean, expensive, cheap, that because um, it's, it's relative, but uh, you pay three, four hundred bucks. And also depends on the kind of ring you want. You want something more right. flashy, sophisticated than just a rubber band, you know, type thing. So Right, and you're competing uh, with the Apple Watch too. Right, right. The same bucks. thing with the Apple Watch when you want like sophisticated bands. Right, the things. base Apple Watch is 400. If you want right. fancy stuff, it could be exactly. a lot. So, uh, but again, when you get into these health apps, which I think are very important, I mean, nowadays it's, it's more critical to know basically what you're doing this is not about just calories and stuff it's, it's actually more they're becoming more and more sophisticated as far as being able to tell you really good information for your health as far as um you know um heart rate variability and, and some more information that is normally before you just had to go to a doctor to get and now you can get it right on your fingerprint so um, i said i said this i said if i owned a health insurance company i would just give all of my customers like a free whoop or aura ring or something yeah and just have them wear it 
Well, you I could just yeah. give them for free to yeah. all my customers. Well, you probably you say free, but probably they charge you to a premium. Well, you they, make enough in premiums that it, it costs you nothing. <laughs> so. But but the the, the thing it, is that if it reduces your overall health uh, expenditures by just a few percent, it makes. But up it's funny that you said that because I cost. know that Fitbit and all these apps also have a feature that you can download your health information and forward it to your doctor. So because they you can go there one day, like a lot of people go to a doctor. And the day they go to a doctor for whatever reason they get stressed out, whatever their their vital signs are completely different than the other 364 days of the year. So, if you go to a doctor and your blood pressure is like way off the roof, I'll take just it because you're stressed out. I think with especially with the pandemic, telemedicine is growing a lot, and uh, I think a lot of people there's a lot of telemedicine clinics opening. Right, and I think a lot of people may just have their whoop or apple watch or whatever directly connected to their telemedicine clinic and so then if there's any abnormalities or something their doctor could get a notification and say hey i noticed this blah 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 yeah yeah with privacy and hipaa obviously but i'm saying i think that's the future of medicine for sure yeah but you can basically give download the the real advanced thing that's going to happen that at some point it'll happen no one's figured it out yet is when they can do glucose monitoring. Yeah. Um, well, non-invasive. The- right now, you need the invasive one, um, which well, is I like mean, a little thing in your arm. Yeah, but, but I it's just not think- that invasive. I mean, you just. I mean, well, you- it's a pin in your arm. Yeah, but just one time, and then you leave it there for six weeks or whatever. I yeah, mean- but it's still there. I don't know how many people want to wear that. It's a patch. If you could have a if you could have a whoop that can measure glucose without being invasive. They're working on it. Nobody's done, I don't think anybody's done it yet, but they think they can do it. I think they they say they can do it. They just need to figure it out. But that would be the killer. If you have a watch that tracks your sleep, your heart rate, your calories, Remember when the COVID started, wasn't it like the aura ring that they said that it was able to detect? Both um, whoop and aura ring. Whoop and aura were able to detect And I think the Apple Watch now too. Really? Oh, how do they do that? Just by fever, temperature, or something? Or no, I think it's your heart rate. They can tell. They can tell. They're so. talking about COVID and things like that. That they they actually made it for. What, I think it was what? heart rate and heart rate variability. I'm not. I don't know for sure. It was, was it, some combination. Which major that they could league out. Uh, ended it up. It was both. It was NBA, MLB. I think a lot of leagues. NFL started. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know Formula One also. Uh, I think NBA uses that in the bubble. whoop or something. And, and MLB Maybe. uses aura ring or something like that. A lot of the players now, um, even in the major leagues, I know in the ones that they do a lot of uh, running like soccer stuff, they wear these uh, chest bands too for everything else. So they can tell all yeah. this GPS information, how much they run, heart rate and all that shit. So, all right. So um, Apple is also, um, there's rumors, nothing is confirmed, but it's also launching um, their Apple iPhone 12. Apparently, they said a few weeks later than normal. Normally, they make the announcement in September, which is basically this month. They said this year they will do it a few weeks later. They don't know exactly when, but there's rumors that it will be sometime in October. And um, obviously, the big news is the uh, phones that will be 5G enabled. And um, 5G is not really widely available around the country. It's only in major cities at this point by all the major carriers like the AT&T's and T-Mobile's and so forth and Sprint and Verizon. Verizon and AT&T are the ones that have the most uh, uh, locations. But even in major cities, it's not like you see, like here, for example, Phoenix or Miami or whatever. It's not really on the, in the entire city. There are certain areas in the city where you can get 5G. Like here, I, I checked actually this morning and... You can go to certain areas downtown, by the convention center, by this place or this 
where you have the 5G connectivity, um, but it's not really that widely expanded. Now, there's a plan that is supposed to be making 5G available, they said originally by the end of 2020 or 2021, but obviously what is Maybe clear... we don't even need 5G because uh, Elon this morning said that Starlink is going to be live pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, that's a different that's a different option. But uh, um, the five G, uh, well, first of, first, first of all, first of all, no, no other phone. I mean, no phone that is not five G capable will be able to step up to five G. In other words, if you have an iPhone ten or nine or eight or seven or any other or mobile um, uh, Samsung or whatever that is not five G capable, five G is not a, not for you. But so. the whole thing with five G. The low band 5G, or I'm sorry, the low frequency 5G is not that good. It's not that fast compared to 4G. No. Um, the, the, it's the high frequency. The problem right. with the high frequency is it sucks. Um, as far as, like, it can't go through walls. It can't go well, around corners. Like, it, it's really, really limited. You have to no. be in direct clear path of a tower. So yeah. they said they're just going to have to put literally micro like towers and that's why that's so why that's way far away that's why it's very spotty because you can go to certain areas downtown cities major right. cities where they have this triangulation where you get the 5g what is working is supposed to be a hundred times faster than 4g yeah, and 4g was fast enough when it came from 3g to 4g so 5g basically but you can most of the 5g you can stream a 4k when you see all these companies like t-mobile doing oh nationwide 5g it's not that 5G. It's not the high frequency. Well, right. It's the low frequency, which is barely faster than 4G. Right. There's different there's, there's different um, nuances to 5G that a lot of fine print that people yes. don't understand. Not but all when 5G people refer to 5G as like the thing of the future, they mean the high frequency. But right. The problem and with that's it why, is And that's it, why the expansion is not so easy. Specifically, yeah. you can have it in major cities because it's easier to put like repeater so to speak just like for the old but radio stuff like if you're in new york sure it's a high density but you have buildings everywhere yes but and you can... the building's completely blocked so you're gonna have to put it on every fucking street corner yeah in but new york. keep in mind that right now if you travel to away from any major area and you have your phone you already see how your phone switches automatically from 4g it says 3g or it says 1G or whatever. Right. I mean, in some places your bars totally right. decrease and it tells you have a lower connection. And that's staying in major, in other cities that are not major cities. So we still haven't even expanded 4G everywhere and now we're talking about the 5G. So either way... Um, uh, 4G is pretty much everywhere. Yeah, you're out in the uh, middle of nowhere. But, but No, I wouldn't say in the middle of nowhere. I mean, here you can travel to, I don't know, Flagstaff, Prescott, you know, other cities and you don't find 4G. I mean, it's, I, I know it for a fact. Uh, I don't know. Grand Canyon, but, you know, you try to beam a picture or something, and it's not there, you know. So, it, it, it's not a, it's not widely available everywhere. That is not a major metro area. So, five G, yeah, it's gonna take time. But the bottom line is that Apple may release the phone. The other major thing that Apple is releasing soon is the iOS fourteen, which we mentioned here before. One of the it's gonna have a lot of different features that are technical for Wi Fi connectivity and all that stuff. But one of the issues is also on the privacy of. Um, settings that will um, allow users to, or actually will require users in this case to obtain to be tracked for advertisers and all the stuff. And we mentioned that before here as far as yeah, how it's Yeah, I wrote about gonna, it last week. Uh, right, that's gonna, how it's gonna affect the uh, digital marketers basically. So the gist of it is that now before, by default, you were opted in to basically being tracked as far as advertising so they can know your habits and everything else and show you 
targeted ads based on your browsing history. And that was the default was you're opt-in unless you go to your settings and then you opt out or put some kind of blocker or something. Now it's going to be the opposite. Now the default is going to be that you're opted out. And the first thing you need to do is say, yes, I want to be basically allowed the ads to be showing up that are tailored to my particular browsing history. Well, what it's saying is, do you want cross um, web tracking, basically? Cross, cross so, platform, So right. Facebook, a lot of how Facebook algorithm works um, is that it doesn't just, or Google or whoever, is it doesn't just track what you're doing when you're on Facebook. Yeah, it's the cross device tracking. It, te- right. it can know what you're doing when you're on different websites. Sure. Um, Google does the same thing, and they use a lot of that data to right. build data profiles about users so then they can serve them better ads. If you take that away, well, then they aren't going to be able to have as much information about users to serve them ads. Right. And especially, you know, Facebook um, released a blog post a couple of weeks ago, and they basically said that their audience network, um, which is their, like, display network, mm-hmm. they said they expect revenues to drop by at least 50% when this mm-hmm. happens because basically... The whole audience network works on cross. Yeah, basically the web tracking. You have a, a digital ID on each phone, basically, and then that's what they use. They know that you using this phone are going to Facebook and doing whatever you do on Facebook, and then you go into a website through Chrome or or Farf or whatever browser you use, and you have. But it's not browser dependent. It's not platform or medium depending is basically tracking your ID on this phone. So they know that whatever is the phone, they don't know your information. They don't know if you are John, Jane, or Jimmy, but they know that this phone has visited a certain number of websites. So that cross device information is used for advertisers to target you. So you go on Facebook and you tell your friends, hey, I'm going to the beach. I love this boating and skiing or whatever. Then... Um, Google can use that information to show you ads that are related to whatever you were talking on Facebook and things like that. So now Apple is going to tell you, hey, we're doing that, but you have the option to opt out and you need to actually opt out. Or right, but opt it's going to be a pop-up. It's going to be a pop-up. It'll exactly. be a pop-up when you open an app. In the same way it says right. like, would you like notifications or whatever? Exactly. It'll say, do you want tracking? And you of course, most people are going to be like, uh, no. Right. Exactly. Um, the default from being yes, and then you need to manually say, no, I don't so want to. Now, the default is going to be within the pop app, up or you need to So, to out. be clear, within apps, nothing's changing, right? Facebook no, is still going to... No, no. <clears throat> Face- oh, oh, oh you, I thought you were talking about the app store. Yeah. Within the app, so within Facebook or Instagram or whatever app, the tracking is still going to be the same, right? They're still going to track everything you do. It's once you leave Facebook and do something else, right. if you click no, now Facebook can't track what you're doing across exactly. the web. Exactly. Um, which for the user is better. But um, yeah, for a lot of people who watch this during e-com for digital marketing, uh, it's something to pay attention to. And it's to. even cross-device. I mean, like you are locked into Chrome or Gmail or whatever on your laptop, and then you go to your phone, they can connect to but then on your phone, on the Apple phone, they will say, hey, uh, Google is trying to connect you here. Do you want to um, be tracked on your phone? Is it going to do that? Yeah, I think it's more just within apps. On no, the it's, it's cross-device tracking. It's basically browser uh, information. So again, uh, it depends on your own settings, how you set it up, but that's going to happen. And then on the apps, what you were talking about on the, uh, on the App Store, they're actually going to require from app providers or app developers to provide specific information or what information they are requesting from the customers because sometimes you load an app and it says oh this app would like to follow uh send you notifications or follow you or access this or access that and then 
sometimes you say yes or no. Now Apple is going to request that upfront before the app is even uploaded to the uh, to the App Store. They're very much more strict about anything that is privacy. So, but one thing is for sure, as far as strictly digital marketing is going to affect a lot of the uh, marketing uh, revenues, like except for Facebook or any other platform. As far as the on, on our side, on the advertisers we're going to have different or figure out different ways to follow those uh, the, those people that we're trying to follow to target them also when they go to their mobile devices from the laptops and so forth because cross-platform or cross-device advertising is critical no nowadays well i think it's just going to push more companies away from relying on um uh, ad platforms as much for customer acquisition and more on audience development and right. their own distribution It's just going to change the strategy because it, you cannot longer rely on somebody that is checking something here and then, I mean, Facebook follows people. That was the famous thing. I mean, you have browsers that follow cookies or follow sessions or follow things. Facebook follows people and knows what people are doing. So you're logging in on Facebook on your laptop then and you're chatting or doing whatever you do then when you log in on your phone it's basically you so they know exactly what you're doing whether you're here or there or whatever um google ads is more based on clicks google normal browsing is based on sessions and all other stuff so there's little little uh, nuances that you know connect all the things together and then you obviously have cross device uh, connectivity and everything else so apple now is saying we're going to put a little firewall so no matter what you do elsewhere we're still going to ask you. Ask but you. not even just what you do elsewhere. I mean on the phone too. On the phone, so exactly. So you go to Safari after using Facebook. Right. Facebook can't see what you're doing on Safari. Exactly. So they're going to say, well, they can if you opt in. But, yeah, okay. Yeah. So but they're going to tell you. They're gonna, most people, I They're going to show you the privacy settings saying, no. hey, do you... Exactly. Because right now, people don't even know that it's happening. I mean, some people do. But people don't go to their privacy and say, oh, I want to be completely in my little aisle here. But... Now they're going to say, do you want this to happen? And the default is that people are going to say, oh, no, I don't want this. Maybe yes. I personally don't mind some of the ads because actually they are targeted to me. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And I look at them. So, but Well, this anyways. gets into my theory that I, I think I just don't think people care about privacy. Like, I think it's a big debate. I know. I don't think people care about privacy. Like, I think I because I am someone who does and I've realized I don't think most people do, especially with like the TikTok thing. Yeah, yeah. The reaction to people TikTok getting banned, people were like, I don't I, care I if think, China I think spies on over, me. It's really, like you said, it's kind of overrated these days because we're too late in the game to say, I mean, there's some things that you don't want people to, you know, the, the, some privacy issues that you want to uh, keep the no, way they I are. No, but I just think most people are like, I don't care if China knows my browsing history. But, but yeah, but the thing is... Uh, you know, at some point you say, okay, well, what is privacy? Because the moment you leave your house, there's cameras everywhere. I don't care if you go to the store. I don't care if you go to the streets. There's cameras everywhere. Not to mention people have cameras too. So right now there's nothing you can do that is not tracked. Whether you go to the store, you go to the bank, you go to right. everything. The, the thing that people don't talk about with tracking, the other side of it, is tracking also makes things much better. Of course. So they don't just use the tracking for advertising. It's, it's like the famous thing, the algorithm knows what you like. Yeah, that because it tracks everything you do. And right. so it knows exactly what you like. And so that's why when you open Instagram or YouTube or TikTok, it's going to give you exactly what it thinks you're going to like most. So that's the benefit of it, of that you get much better content. That's why the famous debate, and we've actually discussed this before too, like um, 
the like newsfeed of being chronological versus yeah. algorithmic. Yeah. So many people are like, I want chronological. I don't yeah. want to. I want to see the latest They've news first. They've done so many tests. Facebook has, Twitter has, all these companies have. They say literally every time we do chronological versus or uh, um, algorithmic, people use the app way more when yeah. it's algorithmic. Why? Because they show you because the news you're better. interested in. Yeah. And Twitter lets you switch. And guess what? I switch back and forth sometimes. Algorithm, way better. Because when well, you do chronological, I see a bunch of tweets I don't care about. Right. It, when I do algorithm, it only gives me tweets that it right. thinks I'm going to like. I think the like. chronological works better when you're following a particular event. And yes. you kind of want to see a little yes. more of the play-by-play play or comment-by-comment. I will by do comment. chronological if like, I'm watching a basketball game right, or something. Right, right. And you have the But option. just for generic scrolling right. of Twitter, right. chronological sucks. And even for those, like you said, the chronological for the events, you have the most popular tweets or posts versus the all of them. And then there's a lot of goofballs that are posting shit that you don't even need to and then there's others that are more relevant because people are more famous or they put more relevant content and then people follow those so even even the algorithm selects for you but basically it weeds out every shitty thing and then it tells you what is the good thing so obviously that's definitely a way proven so all right so um one final topic for today's podcast is uh movie theaters so one movie that we've been expecting or waiting for pretty much. Was, I don't even know when it was supposed to open the first time. I'm talking about Tenet. I think early in the summer. Early in the summer. It was one of the summer movies that was pushed back because theaters were closed and they decided not to release it directly to streaming or, or, or digital. So Yeah, I would not release a Nolan film streaming. You need to see it in a theater. Yeah, it's a Christopher Nolan film. It's Tenet is being advertised to death and postponed to death too. So it's opening this weekend. It's open already. Today. It's open today. Okay, As of yeah. Recording a Thursday. Yeah, which is obviously Labor Day weekend, which coincides with AMC theaters also opening um, most nationwide of yeah. in most major cities uh, this weekend too, after being closed for pretty much for the dark pandemic. So, yeah, I'm curious what the box office numbers are. I have no idea. I have no expectations as to what they could be. Um, like, you know, a Nolan film normally is going to do hundreds of millions in the box office. I don't know what it's going to do now. Well, um, it's not going to... You can compare the open... First of all, the movie theaters are going to have limited capacity. So, uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, typical AMC theaters... Right, but how many like, people are going to go? I mean, that's the Well, question. first of all, is how many people feel comfortable going to a movie theater. We've been sold that enclosed spaces and social distancing and masks and this and that, and now you go to a movie theater where you're going to be stuck there. And it is one thing when you go in an airplane and you are basically with... 200 other people and they, they have all these filters and, and recirculating error or filtering error and all that stuff that they, apparently it's much safer than everybody thinks. Another thing is when you go to a movie theater and you're pretty much smelling the next guy's popcorn and candy or whatever. Yeah, but you're not sitting next to people. Right. So now you're going to have some Are they going to make people wear a mask the whole movie? I yes. I think, yeah, you're indoors. There's no way they're going to police that. Well, but that's the thing. That's the thing that you What if you're see. eating? Well, I don't know. I don't even know they're allowed to serve food. That's the thing. So I don't think they're going to have concessions. Oh, no? No, uh, no, because I mean, things. they... Oh, really? So they can make you wear a mask the whole time? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the uh, uh, that's my understanding. But it's, it's that, this is goes back, and I want to be... This is like a beating of a dead horse, but it's like the inconsistencies of these rules, because now you go to a movie theaters, and do they have concessions or not? If they don't, okay, but you're still indoors sitting in a, t in a chair there with other people, however number, how much distance, whatever, but you are in a 
circulating air depending on where you are, if it's cold or hot or whatever. And then watching a movie for like two plus hours or whatever the movie is. And then how do you get in and out of the theater? Because when people walk out, they all walk out like side by side, whatever. Are you social distancing? Are you keeping six feet between the person next to you and the person behind you? The same stuff that we're talking about the airplanes, you know? And, and we're talking before the podcast or how in New York, you know... I guess it just depends how uh, strict AMC is. Well, no, I mean, they, they need to be... Yes, I mean, even if they are not strict, they're supposed to follow the rules. I mean, the right, rules are course. mandated to them. When they said they were gonna open, um, but no how masks, strict are they gonna be on? Uh, if they are, they gonna have basically people well, they, in the they're theater? They're not exempt from the state rules. No, the no, governor no. of each state I, says no, the no, rules. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Hold on, I'm not saying that they're not exempt from the official rules. I'm saying there's a there's the official rules, and then there's the policing. And are they gonna have a person in the theater sitting there the whole time, making sure everybody has a mask on? Well, how do you know that there's not a governor official basically sneaking in there? Um, I'm just asking. Well, this is the Are they going to have some employee assigned to sit and just look at everybody the whole well, movie maybe. to make sure they wear a mask? Well, they have to have something. It's no, it's no different than you have a posted speed limit on the highway and then, okay, you can go higher than the speed limit. Because, I mean, when, then on airplanes, you're supposed to wear a mask the whole time. Half the people are not wearing well, masks. Yeah, and the I flight know. attendants don't say anything. They do sometimes. They do. Sometimes. I, no, I've seen all planes where the flight attendants see you without the mask. They say, sir, please, could you put your mask on? They, they ask you. Okay. And sometimes there's over passengers that say, hey, I want this guy to put his mask on. And there's being a okay, lot of... Okay, I know, I understand. But you right. know what I'm saying. No, I know what you're saying. But I'm saying that if people break the rules they break the rules but the rules are the rules so that's how they they, they will say you go to any store yeah, right no, now yeah no I'm not talking say, about oh, let me the rule on the wall I'm saying okay well, how much are they a rule is worthless if you don't have anybody to enforce no. them oh so we need now people to I mean you see something that says hey you need to wear a shirt to come into the store then because there's nobody to enforce it or nobody's gonna say anything or you are maybe, maybe a seven foot mammoth and nobody's gonna mess with you you just go without a shirt i mean we're supposed to be civilized people and then follow the rules now okay. whether you agree with if you want to live not, in a utopia that's fine no we it's don't not, it's not utopia i mean it's i mean the truth is we live in a society there's a reason you have laws and law enforcement right okay. because yes. you need enforcement yes and so i'm saying how much is amc enforcing Okay, well, we'll see. they will have to have some. Uh, they will have to have some enforcement. But it's like, okay, you're not supposed to be shoplifting. Yeah, every store has people that are checking, make sure that you don't shoplift. But I'm sure you, even if there were no people, wouldn't shoplift because you know it's not a good thing to do. Okay. No. All right. So that's the thing. The, the, the reason why everybody. you have law enforcement is because some people break the rules. I mean, that's just the exactly. way it is. Okay. Exactly. So but is AMC gonna be policing? Okay, we'll have to police it somehow. If, if you walk in without a mask, they say, sir, put, put your mask over. No, mask. not walk in. I'm saying once you're an hour I, into I the know. movie if and you take your mask if off. You, the movie starts and it's dark and some people put down their mask or whatever. I don't know. But there's also people next to you that will be upset because they are like very picky and they say, hey, could you put your mask? I have mine on, so be respectful. I think the type of people that go to see a movie... I don't care that much. Okay, well, we'll see. No, I, seriously, I think the type of people who are going to go... My, my point is that... There's such a inconsistency. I mean, you can go to a movie theater, concessions, no concessions. I don't know. They don't serve drinks. Even in airlines, they don't serve anything else because they don't want. They just give you a, 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 a kind of water. That's it. There's no food or anything because they don't want to con all this touching all the stuff. So, there will not be popcorn or shit like that. Is, but, uh, is, but the thing is that are they gonna make any money? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, mean I, they don't have concessions. They, they have to open some half the tickets. Well, I don't know. Maybe they have a different agreement. But uh, at the same time, what I was telling you before is that. 
you can go to a movie theater now, they open the movies, but then in other places, like they can open a movie theater in New York and they can open a gym in New York as they are opening actually this weekend back since March, where you can go there, exercise and all that stuff. Yeah, wear a mask, but to go to your machine, sweat and all that stuff. But then the mayor says, no, you cannot go to a restaurant for indoor dining. And he says indefinitely, probably until a vaccine comes out. That makes zero sense to me. Okay, yeah, so you I cannot know. go to a restaurant to eat with all the distancing and all that stuff, but then you can go to a gym and work out and sweat and all that shit with other people, you know? So anyways, um, but the, point, the bottom line is that it's opening. We'll see the numbers. It's not going to be record numbers because obviously there's not going to be record people. It's one thing that you can go to the movie, another thing that, that you want to go to the movie, and the third thing is that if you go to the movie, instead of being full, it's going to be half full or a third full. I don't know how many what the capacity limits are going to be for each theater. So the movie theaters obviously have the option of all these multiplex type theaters that have like 12, 20, 24 uh, uh, mini theaters. They can say, okay, we're going to put the movie in all of the theaters now. And then we have half the people, but they are spread out. You know, sporting events is the same issue. They're trying to figure out how they're going to do it. And this is outdoors for NFL. So anyway, so um, I don't know. I mean, everybody is expecting this movie to do well. The critics are kind of iffy. You don't want to hear anything about what the people say about the movie because you're a big fan. But um, the, so I far, I like to judge movies myself. I understand. I don't like yeah, to of go course, everybody does. But you're gonna read critics and they're gonna say eh, it was good. It's not expected. Whatever. So, um, and that's about it. Um, so as far as the vaccine, I wanted to ask you something since you are so what? <laughs> Nothing. I thought we were avoiding COVID nineteen talk these days. No, I'm not. I'm, how can I avoid it? It's always in the news. So, but I wanted to ask you something about vaccines because this kind of wraps up with the uh, with the basketball that I was asking you. So, um, vaccine comes out, you know, like there's there's uh, information that it may come up like October, November, you know, yeah. whenever. So it comes out. Will you take it? No. Okay. Not enough testing. Uh, so you definitely will not take it because there's not enough testing. No. Okay. So let me ask you: What if they say? Uh, you can only travel if you are with the vaccine. You have a proof that you are vaccinated. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. What did they say? Suns are in the NBA finals, and you can only go watch the game if you are. You have tickets, but you can only watch the game if you are vaccinated. Trust me. The day that happens, uh, I think I have a higher chance of dying from COVID before the Suns make it to the finals. Okay. No, but don't avoid the answer. Just basically tell me the Suns are in the finals and they say that we're open to having spectators. Well, but only it wouldn't happen this are... year, so it would probably happen. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you that if you like were this two year, years from now. Okay, let's say, let's say that you're a Lakers fan. Um, it may happen this year. And they say, okay, we decided that this is like a, now it's December or whenever, November, whenever the finals is. There's no finals. I mean, there, I mean there's no first of all the finals are happening in september october so that's not going to happen anyways but okay but let's I'm, like I'm asking, next year i'm asking i'm trying to find out how no, probably not i mean no i mean uh, no i i don't have anything against vaccines i just don't i just have a thing against vaccines that haven't been broadly tested there's a reason why vaccines take years to make so well, they're just well, that's, rushing well, this that, one that's out. my point that they're trying to speed up the vaccine 
as much as possible. Right. And I'll be, let 5 million people get it first before me. Right. But if anybody says that, nobody's going to take it. That's exactly what I'm trying to get to. Sure. But there's people who are going to take We're getting into the full. I, my risk tolerance is not the same as other people's. So No. But that's the thing. I mean, when the flu vaccine comes out, obviously, normally at this time of the year, they tell, okay, it's open. They send you all these things. And some people go take the flu right. shots. When's the last stuff. time you get a flu shot? Well, I don't, I don't take it because... I never taken it okay. and, and I never got sick. All right. So, but that's what we're saying that a lot of people that are more at risk or whatever, how many people, and that's a flu shot that is being around for fucking ever. Okay. So how many people, I didn't, I don't take the flu shot, but I've taken every other vaccine. Whether it's oh, I'm sure lots or of tetanus or whatever. I'm sure I mean, I lots of people, I'm sure, sure lots of people will go get I it. I just know it. I'm, I'm basically consider myself a healthy person. Would you get it? This, that the, uh, Would you COVID, get the vaccine? it depends. If they're telling me, um, like, for example, one of the things, they, probably the only thing that bothers me from this situation is not being able to travel internationally, okay? Uh, everything else, I mean, my life doesn't change right now. I mean, I do work, this, that, whatever. Uh, as long as I'm in the U.S., I don't think I I mean, the truth is we're in Arizona. No, but even, even in the U.S., are not as even in here. the U.S., yeah, other than wearing a mask, which we already discussed, that it's like a facade and charade or whatever, uh, life hasn't changed, you know, much, especially well, lately. No, I mean, it Not has. lately. I mean, well, I I used to go to lots of movies. I've been to a movie okay. in nine that, months. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But at the same time, you can watch movies on TV. I, I exercise the same way I do all the time. I really go out whatever I want. I, you know, so I mean, it's not like a fucking pandemic that we've been confined. No, I mean, now here, like restaurants and coffee shops right. and all that exactly. are opening up. Exactly. So. I, you can do pretty much normal life. The only thing that I, I say is affecting me is that I cannot travel internationally, which I'll do frequently. I mean, frequently, like five six times a year maybe and obviously because if you go to no you can even go to canada okay so that's number one but if you go to europe forget it i mean okay so if they say you so have to if they say you need get to a vaccine, the vaccine to, go. to go to europe i will think about it and say okay yeah i have my health certificate whatever it is i tested negative and now i have my flu shot or covid shot and then they say okay you have those two things and in your paper with your passport then yeah you can enter our country Okay, I may do it, you know. So I will think about it. Obviously, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I, well, I, I would mean, get it eventually. I just wouldn't get it right away. Like I wouldn't want. Yeah. I would not be the first in line to get the shot. No, I would not. Now, if a well, few million people have gotten it, maybe I'll get it. But I would not be first in line. Right. So that's what I'm, I'm also not to, high risk though. So it's different for me. I'm trying to gauge what the attitude towards the vaccine is going to be because there are everybody's talking now. You see news and everything. Yeah, I'm like, sure plenty of people will get it. I mean, that's yeah. not my quote. I'm sure there will be tons of people. I would say it. when people are older, that are more at risk. Those guys should be first in line, and then everybody else after that. And but obviously, I mean, there's going to be trials. I mean, it's not like they're going to come with a vaccine and say, okay, we're going to have no, a bunch of real time of course, or but, real but life. A thing picks. that they have to do with vaccines, like like the reason. Just so everybody, I'm not anti-vax. I have my other vaccines. I just for there's a reason why vaccines often take like five plus years no but because they, when you get a vaccine i understand there can be consequences that don't show up until year three well but the vaccines we are would have be, no idea even if they say it has a 50 percent effectiveness what it means is that no, no no i'm not talking about effectiveness i'm talking about side effects and there could be consequences that don't show up until year three that we have no idea because we only tested it for three months and then we said okay let's go that's why vaccines take years or any drug takes years, right? Because there's long-term consequences that often pop up that you don't know if you only test it for a few months. So that's why I wouldn't rush out to get it. Now, 
if you have millions of people who get it and it's a year from now and it looks good, okay, maybe I'll get it. But again, I'm not high risk. I'm young and healthy. So even if I get COVID, I'm not a high risk person, right? So plus with the treatments, hydroxychloroquine looks like it works really well. So I, I'm not super afraid of, of no, getting I'm it. No, I'm not concerned about the high risk, low risk, whether you take it. It's, it's whether at some point governments will say, okay, we have the people that have this health certificate that we discussed many months ago or health passport, whatever you want to call it, and people who don't. And they say, if you have it, if you got your screening and everything else, you can enter this hotel, this event, this soccer game, this basketball game, travel internationally, whatever. You are basically that. It's like it's like I think it's just gonna it's be like testing. the TSA pre-check saying yeah, okay. Yeah, but I think they can just do it with testing. Just test you. I don't care if you told me, oh, to go to a basketball game, they're gonna test you before they let you yeah, in. Yeah, but the test, no as problem. you know, it needs to be more frequent, like they're doing in the bubbles now. They test people like. Yeah, but if they do every, a, the instant tests that are coming out. Yes. If they if they tell me, oh, to go to a basketball game, I need to just go get an instant test. I don't care. Sure. Sure. It's no problem. Right. So that's the other option. They have this instant test and then you just wait there and it's yeah. five, ten minute results. And then every time you go, not just a basketball game, you go to a restaurant, you go to a movie theater, whatever. You said, you know how the, the certificate, okay, we're going to test, make sure that you're not drunk. Kind of like the blow here and then, okay, you're good, go in. Or you can't go out. You know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of things, but the way things are going, nobody's going to be fully, fully comfortable opening things and letting mass people go into places unless yeah. there's some kind of I assurance, think, you know? I mean, right now we have Labor Day and they're already saying, okay, well, we need to be careful because everybody goes and floods to the beach or floods to this and that. And it's like, yeah, uh, you know. I think, I th my opinion, I think I give it maybe a few more months this year, maybe through the end of the year, um, and then nobody's going to care anymore. I, well, I agree. I, mean, I think I, by 2021, nobody's going to care anymore. I personally care about... Like, we're going to just accept the fact that people are going to get it. Well, yeah, it's it. going to be around us, I think. We just need to get back to normal life. I just think usual. that's what's going to happen. Well, yeah, but the thing is that we're entering now into the fall winter season where we're going to combine it with... I mean, schools are back and yeah. kids are already going to class and they don't even know what they're doing. Teachers don't know what they're doing. I mean, there's a lot of misinformation, and that's the thing. And now we're going to get into a flu season, and then you say, okay, well, this kid is coughing and sniffing and has fever, and it's like, is that COVID? Is that, you know, all that stuff. So, anyways, we'll wrap it up here. Um, anything else? We're good? That's Party it. thoughts? No? Okay. All right, well, guys, thanks for uh, listening, and um, enjoy this weekend, Labor Day, and then we'll get ready for next week, next Friday, same place, same time. Thank you. <laughs>